0: Hello again. This is Tucker Johnson losing my voice on what I believe is the fourth live stream of the day. Um, Meet Brian Beck. And Brian Beck is my last and final guest today. And I was just telling him right before this the one that i've been really kind of looking forward to and kind of geeking out over and preparing for no disrespect to our previous guest today we've had a lot of really interesting people on in this impromptu uh live stream marathon that we've been having on but brian is someone that i've never spoken with before he is a name that i have never even heard before Brian, I think I found you on LinkedIn and it was probably yeah. a podcast or something. And I just really appreciated your your tone and style and authority that you speak with. <laughs> and I really appreciated the the topic of e-commerce, specifically B2B e-commerce. Yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah. kind of a blind spot for me. But that that's my introduction to you, Brian. I could
1: read your whole dry bio if you want, but I'd rather just let <laughs> no. you introduce yourself thanks so much Tucker and yes thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to you and yeah, I think we did connect I was on a podcast or a, a blog or something and you, you, you saw so for your folks in your audience today just to give you a little bit of uh, who, who I am uh, who you're talking to um, I've been in the e-commerce field for gosh tw- two decades it just means I'm I'm old <laughs> most, of, most of my career Tucker I spent uh, on the b2c side of e-commerce so I ran, e-commerce for companies like Harbor Freight Tools and Paxa. And these are, these are consumer companies, right? There are yeah. companies that sell tools or apparel. And, uh, you know, I did that for about 17 years as the vice president of e-commerce. And then I got into the B2B side of e-commerce because what I saw was, you know, for, for almost 20 years, we, we were spending a lot of time developing best practice for selling products to e-commerce, through e-commerce to consumers, through Amazon, through other marketplaces, B2B e-commerce is enormous, and, and but yet it's still so far behind where consumer e-commerce is. Now, cons- the difference, Tucker, is that consumer e-commerce, you're selling to consumers. In B2B, it's one business buying from another business right. via e-commerce channel. So. It's the same. I, I know that much job. about it,
0: but thank you for clarifying because <laughs> sure. don't assume that I know things. So continue <laughs> to define terms, right? Sure. But yeah, the B to C. I mean, that seems when I think of B to C, I think of resellers. I think of Amazon Marketplace. I think of Shopify. I think of drop shipping. I think of all of all of this stuff. But when I think yep. of B to uh, B e commerce, I think of I, I don't know. Like I don't know what that looks like, and that that's what I'm realizing.
1: Yeah. Well, let me define it for you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, in a lot of ways, it's the same principles of a business and when a consumer buys from a, a business, but it's, it's the business buyer buying from the business. And so when you think about what, is that, what does that transaction look like? Well, it's, it's a business buyer coming to a, an e-commerce website of one of their suppliers and buying for their business through that website. It sounds very similar and simple, you know, as equivalent to B2C e-commerce, but in fact, it's in some ways it's quite different because business buyers, if you think about, you know, those of you who are business owners uh, who are listening in today on this uh, session, you know, you're buying, you have different requirements. You want business pricing, you may have specific, you may have a contract with a supplier and you need the pricing you buy from through your e-commerce site of that supplier to have pricing that is reflective of that contract. You might have different delivery methods you're buying in bulk you may want to buy on a po or on credit terms so while it's tucker is very similar to b2c e-commerce the effective b2b e-commerce sites are like consumer sites but they have all this other stuff that accommodates these traditional workflows or you know bu- buying in bulk or shipping from on my truck i want or i want to pick it up from from the facility uh, the distribution facility there's just a lot of differences in, in how the transaction flows. But ultimately, you know, it's, it's a similar type of experience. You know, if I'm a business buyer, I got I to use search. I'm going to use navigation on that website right. to find things that I need. And so it's, it has a lot of similarities, too. It's well, just a business. Business,
0: business buyers, business buyers. And here's what I think a lot of people forget or never learn about B2B is that B2B is that you're still selling to people. Right? Yes. Like you may be selling to companies, but the decision makers are individuals. The de- decision makers are people. So, yeah. a lot of aspects in, in the, like actually you know, understanding, you know, doing your customer research and developing buyer personas and all of that stuff, that may still apply. I was just more interested in like a, the logistics of it. And you're telling me that it's essentially there's this ecosystem out there built to support B2B e commerce operations, and that looks very similar for all intents and purposes to. The B two C ecosystem that many of us are already familiar with—it's um, just been kind of upgraded to service businesses. Unique, I, I would imagine, like integrations with ERP systems
1: and yep. you know that that kind of stuff. Yep. Am I understanding correctly? You are. The fascinating thing is that it's you know so, so you mentioned a couple of important things there, Tucker. Number one, that the B two B e-commerce market is being driven by business buyers who are of course consumers in their personal lives and these folks are all becoming the b2b buyer you know the b2b buyer in the past used the phone they would use a fax machine yeah. you know what this yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah Use email, right but but that those days are, are are numbered in fact the latest statistic is that by 2025 75 percent of b2b buyers uh, will be millennials and guess what millennials Are Amazon natives? They expect an Amazon-like experience from you, their business supplier. If you're not delivering that, guess what? You're gonna lose relevance with those buyers, they're gonna go somewhere else. And here's the here's the astounding fact, Tucker. 50% of B2B companies still do not have an e-commerce website. 50%. (laughs) But check this out: B2B e-commerce is two and a half times the size. Of consumer e-commerce even though 50 percent of uh, companies don't have an e-commerce site so what that, happens that tells me up- there's
0: there's a couple big guys out there with their fingers in the yeah. cookie jar
1: and you know and right. sucking up all of that business because no one's thinking about it right? well that's that's absolutely right and and you've got companies that are investing in b2b e-commerce one of the biggest is Of course, Amazon and I have a whole this is my amazon 's like, like your bread and book. butter right yeah, like, so i 'm going to point out my book here real quick billion dollar b two b e commerce sorry Doug, ma'am, right no no up. no
0: we 'll do it like this is <laughs> this is the point this is why you 're here to talk about the book so billion dollar ww billion dollar b two b e commerce well wow, that is url dot com and, yes, I um, And <laughs> yeah, you, you can avail, also available on Amazon as well. Yes, so maybe, maybe right. just, it's the first search result, just search for Brian Beck, billion dollar B2B e-commerce. And this is uh, Amazon page is the first one that comes up. If you guys are interested. In yeah. that. Sorry to steal your thunder there, Brian, but no, no, please. It's always please better leave. to be plugged than to plug. So it's <laughs>
1: exactly right. Wow. So I the-
0: don't, don't <laughs> dig too deep
1: into that for any windows. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay man. where were we the, the uh, i was making the point that just that that in the book i have a whole chapter on on amazon because it's so impactful in fact amazon business which is amazon's b2b arm does more than um 25 billion dollars in b2b sales a year now it has become the fastest growing part of amazon in fact this company that you know um, that is on the wall behind me, called Enseba, is a company that I own that does Amazon work for B two B companies, and we help enable these companies on the channel, and so it's and help them grow their business. So B two B is here; it's it's real, and there are, to your point, Tucker, some big companies investing in the channel to enable it, and they're taking market share from companies, traditional companies that don't have e commerce enabled today. Uh, so this Amazon native group of buyers is here and they're buying and the B2B buyer base is, uh, is, is growing at Amazon and, and by leaps and bounds. So that's an example of one of the dynamics you were just talking about. Nice. Thanks. And thank you, Christopher. Christopher has been with
0: me all day as I've been streaming, which is fascinating because Christopher is in South Africa so wow. Christopher, I don't know what time it is go to bed, but I also, he also has a, a newborn or a young, young children, I should say <laughs> down there. I was, uh, trying to, to pull that up on, I was looking for it so I can pull it up for you. But, um, yeah. So a- Amazon just talk to me, talk to me about Amazon. Talk to me about Inseba. not sure. because, you know, I want the sales pitch and the plug, but because I think like if you walk through like, how you help your clients, then I think that will paint along the way. That's going to paint a picture of some of the complexities to look out for. Um, and specifically with an eye, because Nimzy's audience is global. Like we have a lot of folks wanting to, that, yep. that's why we do cross-market commerce, right? Um, Perfect.
1: with an eye to that. Absolutely. So Amazon, um, is, so so, a couple things i 'll take you back a little bit to why we started the business you know Amazon in the u s is responsible for forty nine percent of e commerce sales this year will be more than fifty percent through covid and again, I described to you some of the business uh, to business aspects of what they 're doing. Um, so we started this business in Seba because we saw an opportunity i 've sold on amazon uh, Tucker for twenty two years every place i 've been. You know, whether it's Harbor Freight Tools or PacSun or wherever, we were selling on on Amazon. And what we saw is that, you know, it really an opportunity for brands, companies that make products and manufacturers to take control of what was happening for their product on Amazon. And we saw an emergence of the B2B category in Amazon. So industrial products, medical products, uh, you know, office products, things like that, that businesses buy. So we started the business to help these companies basically build their strategy and then go into the marketplace and sell. And by the way, Tucker, some of those companies are based overseas. Well, not all of our customers are U.S. based. So as we talk about, you know, your, to your audience, can you use e-commerce and in particular Amazon to enter the U.S. market? Uh, yes. The answer is yes. And you can do it successfully. And there's a couple of advantages Amazon provides. And we can talk about Amazon versus your own e-commerce and those sorts of things. Um, yeah, because that, that's kind of what, like, what's yeah. the
0: difference just using Amazon as kind of a proxy for like outsourced or managed, um, whatever you want to call it. I'm sure there's a term for it, um, versus selling your own product um, direct to consumer, um, right. direct, direct to business, right? And then, you know, the warehousing and shipping and the complexities that come with that. That's like the main. Um, and my hypothesis, my guess is the answer is if you want to go quick, go through Amazon or something similar. If you want to build something, I don't even know,
1: right? <laughs> even let know. me, yeah, let me give you some, some, this is a question I get all the time, Tucker, as you might imagine, right? So um, when we think about um, Amazon versus Ronycom, it's a, Amazon is a great place to start your journey if you're new to e-commerce or if you're new to a market. Why is that? Well, the things you do for Amazon prepare you well for your own e-commerce initiative. What are the things you need? Let's let's set aside the channel, Amazon or your own for a moment. Okay. Okay. If successful in e-commerce, there's a couple of things you need. You need to have great product information, really good photos, descriptions, bullet points, pricing, etc. You need to have all this product data ready. You need to understand how to market and merchandise your product well through digital channels, through your own e-commerce or through your through through a marketplace like Amazon. Uh, by the way, this, these things are true for B2B or B2C, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, you need the right people. You need to have people that can that can manage the program and you need to build sort of your organizational muscle. And finally, you need to be able to get the product to the customer effectively through fulfillment. Right. Now. Taking those four things, and you look—you put at it, it so ways. much more eloquently than I just did. Nah, nah, come on, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you've done this before. You, you've spoken about this before, Tucker, Probably you, five anything, times today. <laughs> if you do anything long enough, right? You make all the mistakes. and You learn what what to uh, what what to, what, the, what to talk about. I but feel the, that, yeah, yeah. And no, I've, I've made plenty. So the um, the the key though is that with Amazon is the, they bring those things to you they have they have the traffic you need right they have the infrastructure you need they have the fulfillment capabilities you need uh and the technology and really what you have to bring to the amazon world is preparing your data and some skills to manage a program right build a program they cover a lot of the the fundamentals now as you get into amazon and you start selling on amazon you start learning as an organization what you need and you're going to learn what works for your own e-commerce site so Amazon is faster. It's cheaper than launching your own e-com site. You don't need a platform. You don't need to spend money on Google and email and all this other marketing. You can do that later. And I think it's a great starting point for companies who are just getting into e-commerce. I'm talking about Amazon. That includes entry into the U.S. market, by the way. Mm-hmm. So you're building that muscle and in getting into, uh, in into e-coms. Now, if you're already in e-com, you can leverage those assets for Amazon, too. So it works both ways, right? So if you already have your own e-commerce site. But there are differences, right, in, in the scope of what you need to do in each, in each instance for each channel. Do, do people do both? Oh, for sure. And, and frankly, I think they absolutely should. Every company can't, in my opinion, should not just be on Amazon. Now, there's all this. You may have heard, Tucker, about these stories of companies that are raising hundreds of millions of dollars to buy up. Amazon third-party FBA sellers and aggregate them. There's a couple big companies here in the U.S. doing that. And I think those companies have some value in the near term, but they have to differentiate their channels I think they've got to get into other channels, brick and mortar, other marketplaces, launch their own e-com. If you're 100% beholden to Amazon, I think that's risky. Well,
0: That's what I was thinking is like I don't like being at the whims of like we started this stream five minutes later than I would have liked to. Why? Because I had to restart my computer. Why? Because Google pushed an update. I guarantee right. you. I mean, I'm, I'm projecting here It's probably my own user error, but you know, every time Google makes a change to their algorithm, every time YouTube via Google, Google via YouTube makes a change to their algorithm, people that depend upon YouTube, for example, for their monetized channels or whatever, for their income get screwed. Right. Yeah. And so we need to diversify and we can't, we can't be at the whim of, you know, Amazon or Google or Apple or Google cloud hosting services a w s all all of these so and and that's why I ask because like to me it seems like ideally you want control over your supply chain, you want control over your logistics and all of that, but yeah. there is no ideal right because along with that comes the the build out and the investment.
1: Yeah, I talked a long time ago, I worked for a fellow who was very successful, and he, he always told me, he said, this is early in my career, he said, you got to protect your flanks. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And he, this is an econ business. And what did he mean by that? He meant that you having you need to have multiple channels to, in order to make sure you have a diversified go-to-market. And in this, in this B2B world, uh, Tucker, uh, uh, too often I find that big traditional companies are one hundred percent reliant on resellers distributors retailers dealers for all their revenue, and the world is changing around them their end user the, the and I have a whole chapter on this in the book the the user of the product you know the person who is using the tool the industrial product or the hand tool or power tool in the field is now has more buying choices than ever before they have more ways to to source the product, to see price, to get information, to get delivery, they can go to Amazon, they can go to competitors, there are new brands, the world has changed and those companies that, have, that are 100% focused on their traditional channel, quite frankly, I think are a huge risk. You've got to have a diversified channel mix. Amazon being one piece of it, I, I argue strongly, particularly for manufacturers, uh, they need to control their destiny in Amazon. And, and you know, again, for an international brand like we work with, um, Amazon provides a wonderful channel for them to grow into this market um, and then follow that with your own e-commerce. And there's two channels for you. And we, and we see this happening where even when companies establish themselves on Amazon, they then get picked up by brick and mortar stores or distributors or dealers because they see them there. Yeah, I was going to be my next question, like yeah, how, how often
0: does that serve as like a stepping stone to the next thing? Like, is it part of a process? Is it just the first step um, in, in an evolution? And Christopher, I see your question here. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Sorry, you, you don't see that question. I, I don't. But I don't know you know what? Let's just, let's just jump to this. Because, uh, cool. well, first of all, Christopher's in Palma de Mallorca. not cool. uh, Nice. Okay. Um, in 2021, in your opinion, what are the most exciting niches, Blue Ocean and B2B e-commerce?
1: Wow. That's a great question. That is a great question. You know, I think um, <laughs> the, the, the beautiful part about B2B e-commerce is that it is not mature. So you have... Opportunities in almost every single category of of e commerce in, um, in 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 B2, the B two B markets. Now you have to B two B when you think about um, you know the different industries. There's everything from medical and dental to industrial products to safety products and office products and this and this. So you know some of the products are very complex and some of them are um, you know you really need to understand how to build, you know, the product in that category, you know, medical products being a good example, some of the clients we work with sell regulated FDA type two medical devices that are only, can only be used by doctors. I wouldn't call that a, you know, low hanging fruit. That said, if you're in that industry using e-commerce, you can, you can actually gain competitive advantage over your, over the other companies because a lot of them don't have it. So the key is really to find a product niche where you understand and can differentiate the product. You need to be a manufacturer. So the beautiful part, what does that mean when you say you need to be a manufacturer, like specifically give us some, give us some examples. So that's clear. Sure can. So what I mean by that is when you, when you're going to market the key for success in our, in my opinion on Amazon and other marketplaces, and quite frankly, even in your own pure play e-commerce is to have a product that's differentiated. And what I mean by that is you're not differentiating based on, I have 3000 products and I'm, right. I'm a big I'm a big seller of lots of different products and I'm selling this, that and the other thing. That's very hard to differentiate on in these days in, 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 in e-commerce. What I mean by being a manufacturer, Tucker, is that you make the product in some way, whether it's, it may not be you making it, it may not be you actually physically building it, sure, sure. but you're creating and designing a product, perhaps you have it manufactured in, in Asia or something. Or you manufacture it some way, but if that it's differentiated. And here's the key, Tucker. Here's the key for Amazon. And we're not 60- talking like Teespring
0: differentiation, like T-shirts with your logo on. No, it, right? Like well, it talking, could be. Okay. It could be. Okay. It could be.
1: It could be if you can differentiate on that. But I would say that's 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 it's hard. The, it's, it's a flooded market. Business. That is a hard business. <laughs> that's not blue ocean,
0: <laughs> no. according to Christopher's uh, <laughs> question here. It's not a blue it's, ocean,
1: right? Right. Exactly. I would say that more more identifying, um, you know, a, a product that has some unique characteristics that, you know, Amazon is a channel and and it's just that it's a channel and it's a search engine, the, but it's a channel that gives you a little bit of magic pixie dust. And what, what do I mean by that? 65 percent of buyers on Amazon will buy from companies and brands they don't know. Right. So what does that mean? They'll take a chance on you if you differentiate. That's also a competitive threat, by the way, to a lot of to a lot of established brands. Yeah, that's what I
0: was, that's that's where my brain was going with that, right? Yep. Because yep. along with that. Well, I mean, I'm not going to state this as fact. I'm going to state it as a question. Do you see when people sell through Amazon that they get the benefit of some of the authority and trustworthiness and reputation that Amazon holds to them? Um, because I'm thinking well, like when I'm buying on Amazon from someone that I've never bought before… In my mind, as a consumer, and Lord, I buy a lot on Amazon, right? Like, I, I, I'm here in Seattle. Like, I can order something right now, and it'll be here in two hours. Like, I'm totally privileged in that area. But when I buy something from Amazon from a new seller, someone I've never bought from before, in my mind, I'm buying from Amazon. I'm not buying from that seller. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I do. And that's, that's where that stat comes from, Tucker. Is Got you know oh, Okay. There's an experience that you have, some confidence level you have as a buyer that um, you know th- that Amazon will take care of take care of it if something happens to the order. You know, one of my yeah. most fun ex- fun exercises, Tucker, is taking the CEO of a well established you know manufacturer of something and go a uh, product and going onto Amazon and typing in, you oh, know, let's go look at your whatever uh, uh, air tools or whatever, just look at a general search. And then we look at the sellers, and I can pull up. I have tools to pull up how much revenue they're doing. These, and they're like, "Do I? Do you know who these guys are? CEO, been in the business for fifty years? No. Okay, who who, who makes this tool? I have no idea." And then and I show them this one's doing five million dollars a year <laughs> a year in sales, and it's confounding, um, and it's a little scary because for them, you know, it, the the competitive landscape is changing, and oftentimes. They don't even know it. These, well, these sales are going other people.
0: Yeah, they don't know it. They don't know it. It's not intentional. It's, you know, I've, I've engaged with companies that have made a very strategic, conscious decision not to sell on Amazon because they want control over everything. And, you know, that that's fine. It works for them. It, it aligns with their corporate vision, their global strategy, and all of that stuff. But it seems to me like it's a huge missed opportunity because um, – Millennials, digital natives, Amazon natives grew up with the smartphone in our hands, right? The first thing, I'm not going – if I want to buy Bose speakers, what, what, you think I'm typing Bose.com? No, I'm typing Amazon. Right? I don't even type Amazon. I'm opening the app and it's all right there. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what. If I go to Amazon and I search for Bose speakers – I prefer to buy from Bose because it lists the sellers, you know, it's going to give me 20 different Bose speakers and some of them are going to be from Bose and some of them aren't. Some of them are going to be from other sellers and I will always pick the one directly from the manufacturer if I can. And it baffles me when manufacturers aren't selling on Amazon because they just lost my
1: business. Right, you're going to buy, you may bought some, either buy something else or buy from a reseller. Yeah, this is, this is actually the reason we started the company, uh, Tucker. I mean, you're getting to it, right? <laughs> it is, it, it's about control uh, for a lot of these manufacturers. They're waking up to the fact that Amazon is the Wild West and that there's not, you know, there, there's, there's a drop in pricing there. There's pricing pressure there. There's poor content there. Look, Amazon is a search engine. You just said it yourself, Tucker. Yeah. You go to Amazon by default. 70% of product search starts on Amazon, not Google, not retail sites, not distributor sites. It starts on Amazon. And if you're not on Amazon, you're risking the relevance of your brand. If you are on Amazon, but you're letting your uh, you know uh, nefarious, nefarious resellers, people you don't know, sell your product, then you, oftentimes there's it's a lower price than you want. It's the content is poor. There's, there's a lot of control issues with manufacturers. The, the, the confounding, not the confounding, but the, the contradictory or the non-intuitive way of thinking about this, right, or, or uh, to all this is, if I'm a manufacturer, if I go in and sell directly, I actually can control my presence on Amazon and it creates less channel conflict with all my other channels. People always, manufacturers are always worried about channel conflict. It's counterintuitive. I'm going to take control by going in and selling Wait a minute. Doesn't that cause channel conflict? No, it actually reduces it because you can control your price, your quality, what's sold there, inventory. You don't have to sell the whole line. It's it, These are things that a lot of manufacturers just don't know. They don't understand it. All they know is Amazon's a pain point. And uh, and and anyway, that's what that's why we started this thing. To help people A- A- Amazon is eh, Amazon is many
0: things, but like having an excellent user experience with any of their products is not something that I would pff, yeah. attribute to them. Sorry, Bezos, but that's how I feel. It's just um, <laughs> it's hard, right? And it yeah. I guess that's why folks like you exist. So that it's it's why folks like us exist, frankly, because you know, in MZ, we serve that purpose for for you know people in our industry which is like okay this is super complicated i don't have time yeah i'll just hire a consultant
1: right i'm a big believer in the consultant model on that yeah for sure well yeah and that, by the way tucker i agree with you on the user interface stuff um it, the fact of the matter though is people across the world have gotten used to it and it's now yeah. it's now this it's now the standard yeah. it's the standard so yeah. um whether or not you like it or not, it is what it is. <laughs> it's the standard. And I would agree with you that there's some there's some definitely pain points. Interestingly, when you get into B2B categories, it actually You know, it actually becomes more acute. There's certain types of products which are harder to shop for in Amazon because it is so constrained in the uh, user interface. So, And I, as an
0: entitled millennial myself, you know, born with a silver spoon in my mouth and an iPhone in my hand, like I get indignant when I go to Amazon and not even – not even when, like, I can't find what exactly what I'm looking for. I get indignant when I can find exactly what I'm looking for, but I procrastinated and it's two days before my kid's birthday and it's going to take three whole days. Three to get, that's how spoiled the consumer <laughs> is. And, it's really and true. hey, if you're watching from outside the U.S., because I know there's folks out there outside the U.S. watching this, like... Keep in mind, that is the American consumer, right? That is what you're dealing with when when you're talking to us. We're spoiled brats. And um, you need to know how to – you need to throw out whatever definition you have of customer service when going into the U.S. market. Well, any market because customer service is one of those things that just changes depending upon culture, right? I was just talking – was this in this conversation we were talking about Japan? No. No, it was right before I was talking to Wendy P. She wrote – Another author. I oh. love, I love authors. I love having oh. authors because
1: you guys always have good stuff to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we spend a lot of time writing, so you have to have to research and think about stuff for yeah. a long time.
0: <laughs> I, I have. Um, so what, 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 I don't prepare a lot of questions, but one thing I did want to ask you is what are some things if someone who wants to um, enter a new market, it could be the U S could be other markets, but wants to dip their toe into e-commerce what are some things that they should worry about so clients come to you what are some things that when they come to you that's not even on their radar but it Mm -hmm. should be right
1: yeah well oftentimes the the part that they haven't thought about is um is really the all all about the the actual logistics uh in-country logistics right so yeah, you know, I'm sure and I'm not I'm not necessarily an expert in in country logistics, but I know that, you know, for example, we we help companies take advantage of Amazon for their delivery, but there's also 3PLs and others that can help help do that. But I find that's one thing, but even stepping back from that Tucker, it's about, you know, the the US market, other markets sound great. You know, it's it sounds like a great easy way to to build your business. But doing a business case first to really make sure you understand that your product is going to move into this market, right? So, for example, we're working with a large food producer out of Ireland that um, and the first thing we did with them when we engaged with them to help understand how they should move into the United States was we looked at the, uh, we looked, we did an assessment and we looked at the demand and we looked at competitive landscape. We looked at what other products were already here. We looked at the, the, the customers that were available here, B2B and B2C and how we could best target them. And so they really understood a couple of things emerged from that in studying the market. One was that the packaging was wrong, <laughs> they, oh. were, they wanted to bring a couple of products to market. And the packaging didn't speak to the American market. It, it had some, it had words, it had instructions, it had a number of other things, and that were not appropriate for this market. Yeah. So now so- you are now you are talking
0: my language. This is right. what we do, like oh, packaging sure. localization, oh, really? product okay. localization, stuff like that. Yeah. So that does not right. surprise me. And yes, it usually is like the afterthought localization, yes. translation. It's like, oh yeah, we should probably.
1: So we're, we're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> in this industry. Well- well, that no, that's great. So actually, you know, maybe we can do some uh, work together. Um, the uh, but yeah, that, that we find that um, that that localization piece is not is not there, um, and it, it's packaging, but it's also in the product content, the digital assets, um, you know, the, the imagery, even the videos that might be very successful in a different market, or the um, product description, um, ingredients. Some cases, I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about this one example company. That all said, you know, when, when, when we go through this process and we understand the those aspects, but also what the customer groups are, how to best price for this market, how to best fulfill, so the logistics and fulfillment side, these companies can do really well. I mean, the company I'm referring to has grown uh, very substantially in a very short period of time by following all the best practices, and then, of course, they're starting on Amazon uh, because the traffic is there. Uh, but their their intention is to take those learnings and expand their EU website into a us-based site and grow that grow the business uh, here directly as well and by the way potentially using amazon's fulfillment to fulfill orders from their e com site so amazon makes that available now so, they, so aren't, they aren't tied
0: like you can mix it you can pick and choose like you can use their fulfillment services without
1: selling through their marketplace yes you can use amazon's fulfillment services now to fulfill orders from other channels now, is it your cheapest option? Not always. It depends on you know your situation. Um, but yeah, they have a, they have a program for it. Um, it makes
0: and- it makes sense because like Amazon Pay too.
1: Like I have mm-hmm. a, I
0: just set up an Amazon e-commerce account um, because we, we created a store a Shopify for um, for multilingual magazine. So if you're watching, we have a a store for multilingual magazine. You can buy hats and stuff. It's awesome. Um, cool. Anyways, that that was my fifth shameless plug, but um, uh, I get distracted with my plugs, and then I and then I then I
1: lose it. I lose it, Brian. Well, the other the other thing that sometimes companies underestimate is the um, the post uh, launch investment. So when you're when you're first launching on Amazon or in your own e commerce here in, here in the U S. Uh, or in any market for that matter, so there's some there's some there's some it's necessary to invest into marketing Um, and when we talk about Amazon, do they help you with that? Like is,
0: do you have to still market your own products or does Amazon like help you market your products?
1: Yeah, good question. So they, um, well, they're going to encourage you to spend money on their Amazon advertising platform. So help, you know, in quotes, Um, to do it it right. You need, you really do need to, Amazon will give you guidance, but they're not going to do it for you. So you either hire a company like us, or you learn how to do it on your own. Um, but there is, there's, it's paid search. It's paid pay per click marketing, essentially. Okay. And Amazon is a is like a Google. It's a it's a pay per click uh, situation. So you you look for the keywords that are going to drive volume to your to your listings, and you pay every time someone clicks. Good news on Amazon, Tucker, is that there's a very high conversion rate, meaning that people have a high intention to buy when they come to Amazon. So your advertising is actually pretty efficient in most cases. You can spend a dollar to get $10 back in some cases. You can't do that on Google anymore. No, because you go to Google when you want to find out more. You
0: go to Amazon when you're ready to purchase, right? right. One click
1: purchase. Heck yes.
0: You know, show up at my doorstep.
1: Yep, exactly. Yep. Uh Yep. The the, the conversion rate on Amazon, Tucker, this is another eye-opening number for Prime members, is 74%. (laughs) That means 74% of the time that a... Prime member comes to Amazon, they buy. You know, I've been in e-commerce twenty years. If I had a two and a half percent conversion rate on my e com site, uh, consumer e com site, a few years ago, I would have been that. That's perfect. sweet. Yeah, that, that's know?
0: a good rate. That's a, exactly. Right. So yeah, great. well,
1: tell my CFO that yeah you know, that's
0: that's what gets <laughs> into trouble i I have my company credit card tied to our Amazon account and it's gotten me in trouble before so <laughs> right. I, I feel that so you know we talked about you know what do people not think of when when they go in and it's all of these you know local you know the translation the packaging the, yeah. all of that stuff what are things that um people shouldn't worry about? so like what are the clients come to you and they think that x y and z are going to be super challenging they think that abc are going to be a bottleneck but you're like nah dude like you don't even need to worry about that is there anything like
1: that yeah sure well one if you're a manufacturer as well as an established seller of product oftentimes companies are really concerned about this thing i mentioned earlier called channel conflict which is all of my other channels are going to stop buying from me if I sell on Amazon. Guess what? It doesn't happen. It's not true. <laughs> okay. It's just, Right. There I mean, you go. If,
0: so that's direct from the man himself. If you're out there and that's what's keeping you, that you're worried about channel conflict, and that's what's been keeping you from looking into this, that's what
1: you needed to hear today. Yeah. Well, I think too, Tucker. It's you know, I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily tell people to ignore it. You have to. Pay attention to channel conflict. Well, But don't let it, and don't ignore it, but don't let it stop you. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's exactly. all I'm saying. Exactly exactly right. Because, you know, I mean, you don't want to be ignorant, the fact that you're selling products to these other channels. You got to do Amazon the right way. You need to, you should use what's called a seller central selling model and control your price. And if you do it that way, you're not going to cause price-based channel conflict. That can happen if you sell to Amazon in a wholesale manner. And that's called vendor central. I can go into those differences if you'd like, but point is, you know, if you approach Amazon in a controlled manner with your eyes open, uh, you're going to be able to control the things that cause channel conflict. uh, And it's not an issue. You shouldn't worry about it. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. What, what am I not asking you? What have I forgotten to ask
0: you on this podcast here?
1: Well, I mean, it depends on what your folks want to know, Tucker. I mean, I could talk a lot about um, what does it take to build a, a an Amazon program um, in terms of the fundamentals, the foundational items, uh, and how that translates. I talked a little bit about how that translates into your own e-commerce, but what are the things that make you know make a difference for companies that uh, you know that are succeeding and those that are not succeeding on Amazon? What what are the differences? Happy to talk a little bit about that if you'd like. Let's
0: talk about that. Um, like I said, like I said at the beginning, I'm I'm approaching this from not a place of ignorance but a place of curiosity. So right. sometimes I don't even know which
1: questions to ask. So please <laughs> indulge. Sure. Well, I'll give you I'll give you a little bit uh, a little bit on this. So um, from a from a success standpoint, there's a number of things that go into succeeding on Amazon, and the first is is as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is taking the right selling approach, right? So if you're a company sitting overseas or in the U.S. and you're looking to launch your Amazon program, if you make a product, um, there's two ways to sell, vendor central and seller central. Vendor central, you're selling wholesale. Seller central, you're setting up a a, a presence on the marketplace and you're selling through the marketplace, right? So in that case, um, you control the price, the inventory, the content. I mentioned that. Those are things that that gives you that is the preferred way to sell for most manufacturers because it's more control, but it also gives you higher profit. It's usually two to three times higher profit. Well, what's the difference? You, like, what's the delta there? When well, the delta, talking- yeah, the delta is mainly in, in, in seller central where you're selling yourself, you're getting the whole retail price. Oh, you pay Amazon a commission, but you're getting the whole retail. And when you what is
0: that commission? Just is it are we talking like two or three percent, or are we talking like 15 no. to 20 percent?
1: Yes, it's it's anywhere from eight to fifteen, in some some cases seventeen, a little higher. I got it. But uh, most categories, it's fifteen percent. Okay. So, but keep in mind that's against your retail price with the vendor central model, which is also called one P. You're selling wholesale, so your price is mm-hmm. lower. You're selling at a wholesale price, not the retail price. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge difference. In many categories, some companies have eighty percent profit margin when they sell it. You know, against their cost of goods when they sell in, in, in retail, whereas they may only be getting, you know, uh, markedly lower against retail, 20, 30 percent, if that, against retail. Yeah, so if, when you're, sell, you're, if you're selling
0: high value items or high margin, I should say, high margin
1: items, then it totally makes sense to go through Vendor Central. Seller Central. Seller Central. Seller Central, yes. Yeah, I know. It's confusing. Seller Central is also called 3P. Right. Vendor Central is 1P. Yeah, right? I, I
0: operate from uh, the philosophy. is like I do not need to know everything, but I need to know who to call.
1: And you, sir, <laughs> are now on <in> my Rolodex. <laughs> oh, thanks, Tucker. If you ever want to launch an Amazon program. So, so that's one piece. And then, you know, if you think about, you know, the, the other side, which is all about um, uh, executing the program. So you decide on your selling strategy first, but then it's about content. We talked about content. You, you, there's an enormous difference in the what's called the conversion rate, the number of people that buy when they hit your product listing. If you have good content, your content is, you know, your product title, description, great photos, using all the photos on Amazon, videos are really important. Some of the most important things though are product reviews. You want to make sure you generate product reviews in your products. And Amazon provides you with some tools to generate those reviews, even when you're just starting on Amazon. There's something called the Amazon Vine program, which allows you to send products to reviewers. And those reviewers will review, honestly, review your product and post reviews. Yeah. So there's there's tools you can use. And the one other thing I want to mention, Tucker, if you're if you're going to be selling on Amazon, you've got to use Amazon Prime. Your product has to be Prime eligible. The, it's, they convert I, don't, I don't
0: look at products. I filter, exactly. I filter them out
1: right.
0: you got as it. a last resort. If I cannot find a product that is Prime eligible, then I will consider not buying from Prime. But Prime to me is like the stamp of approval from Amazon. It's like, okay, this is going to go smoothly. Like I'm not yep. going to, it's not going to show up broken, which by the way, what is the um, like Amazon recommended, like the Amazon preferred product? You know what I'm talking about? Well, of course. Amazon's you know. choice. Amazon yeah.
1: choice. Yeah. the little black bar that goes below the, so what Amazon does, you, you have to earn into that. I was going to say, what's the, what are the steps? What are, <laughs> yeah, What's you the initiation? Ritual? Uh, there's no initiation. <laughs> there's, this is a, uh, This is something you have to earn. Your product has to earn. And what Amazon does is they look at a whole variety of factors before they label something Amazon's choice. And it's based, Tucker, on the search term. So Amazon's choice for something. And and that for something tells you that Amazon thinks it's it's one of the best and most relevant things for that particular search. And it might be a brand name search. It might be a product search. But you have to earn into it. You earn into it with great product reviews, with great content, with high seller, high sell through rates on that product on Amazon, things like that. The, pro- the product typically needs to be prime eligible. Um, so there's there's a whole s- series of things. But yeah, that badge is a magic badge. We have clients that have that badge on their products and the conversion rates on those products are through the roof. I'm so sure. it's a it's a real uh it's a real advantage when you can earn it. So. Yeah, and it, and so the, the, it's a whole ecosystem tucker these these things all work together it's the a whole, content. The whole world man. Advertising, man. advertising, prime all of it yep mhm hmm. yeah that 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 badge I, i'm
0: i'm encouraged to learn that it's not something that you just pay for no okay right. because i've always questioned i've always questioned <laughs> like is this like Um, You know, of course, it's generated by an algorithm. I doubt there's some guy with like VP of Amazon choice, like selecting the best tube (laughs) socks for everybody. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) You already touched on this. And I did want to talk to you about um, I have a note here that I wrote down while you're talking about user generated content and um, reviews and stuff like that. What what are the best practices around that? You say Amazon likes reviews. Um, Does. Well, I'm assuming good reviews, right? Um, well, I like –
1: yeah. How do you – and
0: I was just talking to Wendy this, um, with, with the book. It was available on Amazon, and she was mentioning to me – she said, go, go, um, go provide a comment, Tucker. I said, well, I haven't read it yet, but okay. Um, and so I'm going to go comment on this. And she says, after 60 comments, mm-hmm. Amazon picks you up. Is that the magic number?
1: Well, I think it's. I think it varies by category. Books. Um, actually, that's interesting. She said that because uh, I've got about uh, I don't know forty reviews on my book, something like that. So maybe uh, m- maybe I need maybe I need. give to you one. You. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I have just... the book for today. I will just comment on anybody's. It's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Thank you. Um, the 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 way we understand reviews and the way we work with them. There's there's not necessarily a magic number, but there's. Um, the the content itself is extremely important, and by the way, it's not just about you know great reviews. It's about a mixture of reviews, you know. And what happens, and, and this has been going on in e commerce for twenty years. This is not just Amazon product reviews. Um, people identify they look for product reviews number one. So voice of customer, right? It's critical for converting on any e commerce site. You you as a buyer, whether you're B two B or B two C you're looking through those reviews and you're looking for people you identify with or the use case or the application that you identify with. And sometimes there'll be negative reviews. And it's interesting that actually helps the valid. There's been studies done on this Tucker that helps the validity of the, the, the buyer to feel more confident that number one, these are real. Right. And then, oh, 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 by the way, this, uh, I don't identify with that customer who wrote a negative review. They were using it for this thing, which is no, no, I'm not going to use it for that. This person sounds like a, a, a you know, a complainer anyway. So <laughs> I, I go dr- straight to the
0: two and three star reviews. If yep. I want to know about a product, because the five-star reviews, yeah, they're happy. It works as expected, right? Yep. So I want to see how many negative – first of all, ratio of five stars to everything else. Um, yep. But then I want to see the two and three stars, especially like the three stars because one stars, they got a bone to pick. Uh, right. they're, they're mad. I'm not, I don't care what they have to say. But the two stars, are, in my experience, are the ones that are like legit trying to provide constructive feedback, And I, I look for two things. I look for, you know, what that feedback is, what needs improvement so I can decide whether or not that's important to me. And then I look to see how the seller responded to it, Mm -hmm. because I think that says a lot about a brand. I think it says a lot about a company and it provides reassurance to me as a consumer, as a purchaser of the product that if I
1: have that similar, a similar product, I will get a similar response. That's absolutely right, uh, and that's the way it works on Amazon and off Amazon. It's a very common behavior from what, what I've seen and the experiences I've had with reviews. There was a notion years ago that, wow, we don't want reviews as a seller, e-com seller. I don't want any reviews on my product, but you actually do. Because <laughs> assuming they're legitimate, they're going to tell you things about your product, and they're going to help you improve your product. So it's, it's a good. they are good things. Again, if they're not fraudulent, good things. Right so oh, and that, um, that
0: data that consumer information because that's what it is consumer data right it's data right. about your 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 target audience, your target buyers, and we talk a lot about we've talked already about how the consumer has unprecedented choice nowadays uh, uh, via channels and where they want to buy their products and how much they want to pay for their products theres all this new competition. However, on the flip side, so that's the bad news for you know B2C sellers and B2B buyers do because B2B buyers have more options as well. But um, the flip side is sellers have way access to way more useful data yeah. on their audiences than ever before. And I think to the point where most companies don't even know what to do with that because the ones that do know what to do with it guess what they're amazon now yeah <laughs> right you know what they're 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 the big guys um yep. so how do yep. you what what type of insights analytics and data yep. specifically on your customers
1: do you get access to yeah that's a you know what you just hit on a really important point sucker the in the b2b market um where, where i see companies manufacturers for example, doing a good job of understanding how the customer um, needs uh, getting customer feedback into into a process is actually with the product development itself, right? So for years, manufacturers have gone to customers and users and asked them, you know, how can I improve the product? What they haven't done though, is understand, apply the same rigor to their sales channels, to their process, to their digital side of things. So, you know, it's here i'll give you a case study what
0: you're talking about is user-centric design user experience design design thinking and how it's over the years and the decades gone from something exclusively for product teams that phase of the product journey and it's kind of expanded out like i've seen that too where you you see this design thinking mentality approach not just in the design teams but in all of the support teams and all of you know the sales the marketing and everything and you know the key principles of that design whatever you want to call it it goes by different names are you know you know think fast move fast prototype iterate you know minimal viable product um, always be collecting data always be testing
1: um a b testing all of that stuff and I don't know I, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. You you got that's the point. You and I think, you know, it's interesting the the I think on the consumer side companies have have advanced that to other parts of the business, but in the B2B side of things, you know, that a lot of the 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 B2B businesses are very conservative. They want 100% of the information before they make any decisions. They're not able to iterate and test quickly. Yeah. They're not able to test and learn. And this is what Amazon does better than anyone, right? Test and learn and, 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 and reinvent. That's not a B2B, you know, outside of product. That's not a B2B approach. And they're suffering because of it in many cases. And then you see it manifest in the fact that there's so few e sites. When companies do apply that rigor, and I was going to mention a, a case study out of my book, Tucker. The, yes. There's this biotechnology company. It's a big company. 2 3 billion dollar company they're called Illumina they make dna sequencing equipment you talk about interesting and yeah is this okay so illumina look them up illumina is a they they make the equipment that sequences the human genome it's used in in experiments where they uh you know they go and they, they, and, they and they and they deconstruct uh, what you're made of essentially. And it's used in medical research. It's used to find new drugs. In fact, it was used, their technologies were used to help with the, with the uh, COVID vaccines and COVID tests and things like that. Yeah. So there, th- this company, you know, you think about a company that has an unlikely case for e-commerce, right? This is uh um, by the way, it's and Illumina. That, that wouldn't be the first type of company I would think of. No, right? It's like right? books and music. This is not books and music. <laughs> this is million-dollar <laughs> equipment, right? And it's yeah. chemicals that go into this equipment. E-commerce, what the heck? How does that fit into this equation? So they went and they, they said, okay, well, I mean, smartest company in the pl- – they've been called the smartest company in the, in the world All because right. of the people there, right? So very, bright company. Anyway, I'm they went and to- they applied the same rigor – to their um, sales channels that they have for their own product development. They said, we want to understand where the customer wants to buy, how to make it easy for them, get in front of them, change the ways we're thinking about their customer journey, how we're marketing to them, how we're speaking to them. Guess what? So they did all this work where they spoke to the customer. They took an Amazon approach. At the end of the day, they launched e-commerce. We're going back five years. They're a $3.5 billion company. This year, they're going to do half of their revenue through e-commerce billions and guess what they're selling million dollar pieces of equipment every day through their e-commerce website what
0: that's not that's insane Books, music and (laughs) t-shirt no But, but this sir is why i wanted to talk to you because it's like i haven't heard of that you know just like how um most people haven't heard about what i do which is localization, you know, it's like I spend the first five minutes of any conversation talking, trying to explain what I do. It's like, that's how I felt, um, except on the other side about e-commerce. And, yeah. you know, I, I want to thank you for coming on and chatting with me today. Um, of course, We're running out of time. So I'm, I'm going to play us out here. But any closing thoughts before we take off for the day? Well, or sorry, any, anything that we forgot to mention. Did I, did oh, I got, we got the book,
1: we got Inseba. we got. <laughs> yes. Uh, th- I have a, uh, one other thing I'll mention real quick, uh, Tucker, if you don't mind. I have a yeah. thought leadership series, which you might be interested in. Some Ooh. of your uh, listeners might be interested in. Yeah. So uh, it's called, it's all about, it's a debate style series. It's, we call them un-webinars because that's what they are. They're not webinars. These are debates and we bring on the practitioners from, um, you know some big and mid-sized companies to argue basically it's like a talk show <laughs> argue i am, am
0: so down with this concept you have to
1: see this Tucker. you have to see it. it's called master b2b.com m-a-s-t-e-r b2b.com master b2b.com go to the website you'll see and, and you can you can participate in the debates it's a boxing style format we have three rounds the audience votes on who wins the debate that's it It's really fun. Andy Hoare is my partner. He's the former head of B2B e-commerce at Forrester Research. And we're talking about issues like, will Amazon business be the death of all distributors? Will is artificial intelligence going to take over humans? Um, These are like these are big topics. You know, is the marketplace model viable for B2B e-commerce? So all different kinds of topics that are important for e-com. And and how people um, you know bring this uh, to market. So encourage you to take a look. It's free of charge for people to register. Uh, so encourage you to take a look. Our next one is on marketplaces. Interestingly enough, it's next next uh, ne- coming up just in in uh, end of June here. So June twenty second. All right, there it is. The
0: unwebinar for what is it? Master the world of B two B e commerce. Master B two B unwebinar. Right. I I am like like no. <laughs> no joke. I, I'm super interested in this. I love it's debates and fun. I think there needs to be more healthy debate in this world. I think we are too polite as a society and I think it wastes time, yeah. but that is just me. Um, having talked to you for 50 minutes now, I'm assuming that you are of like mind.
1: So <laughs> <Just, laughs> well, thank you, Tucker. I appreciate, I appreciate it. And uh, you know, people can reach me at uh, brian at, at, at com. So Shoot me a note, brian at Inceba.com. If you want to talk about Amazon or any anything else that's related to B2B e-commerce. And Appreciate the opportunity, Tucker. To
0: to All right. Thank you, sir. And for those listeners out there, listeners, viewers out there, thank you for bearing with us. If you made it through all of the sessions you get something you get a medal we'll get you something we'll get you a gift certificate to multi, multilingual mercantile so you can get some merch or something because this has been a long day but it has been a very 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 fruitful day starting with talking about how to hire salespeople around the world with ceo of nimzi insights joseph kubowski moving on to talk to mercedes montero about inclusive spanish and how to make sure that you are translating inclusively um and lastly with brian but oh i forgot about wendy we talked to wendy peace about her book and brian last year so with that we will both wish you a wonderful day and hopefully we'll talk to you soon cheers